This episode of Fuel for the Soul is powered by ASICS. Head over to ASICS.com and sign up for a one ASICS account. It's completely free, and when you sign up, you'll receive 10% off your first purchase. You'll also gain access to exclusive colorways on ASICS.com, free standard shipping, special birthday month discounts, and more. Hi, this is Thomas with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan with Featherstone Nutrition. And you are tuned in to Fuel for the Soul. Whoa, you just skipped right over AKA Feathers. Oh, yeah, let's back that up. <laughs> AKA Feathers. All right, and you're listening to Fuel for the Soul, our weekly podcast on nutrition for, perf- not weekly, Megan's shaking her head already. I'm a little bit off my game. We are getting close to the holidays, to be expected. And I haven't been running regularly for the last couple days, so that's also messing with brain fog. Anyway, our bi-weekly podcast on nutrition for athletes, for performance. Uh, It's a lovely day. Just sit back, run back, do however you listen to this podcast. Do that back and uh, tune in, tune out, and listen to this jive That was the most bizarre intro we've ever had. That was really something special. That brain fog is real when you're not running as much. I totally feel that. Oh, it's so real. Like, I don't even think blood's getting up there. There's days where I'm like, I don't want to run. And I'm like, go run, Megan, or you're going to be a hot mess when you're talking to your clients all day. So get out there and clear your brain. So I get that, Thomas. We're going to have a good podcast is what I hear. <laughs> I'm I'm super pumped about today's today's episode. We are talking about... Fad diets. Fad diets? Fad. F-A-D. Okay. It's that time of year where everyone is like, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to change everything I'm second. doing. It's not that time of year. Right now, well, I guess by the time this comes out, it will be that time of the year. Right now, January the time 3rd. of the year is, this is yeah. one where we're making all the mistakes. This comes out I'm January. Sh- I get it. Right now, though, we're in December and we're, we're right before the tsunami of sludge. The food that we, the cookies, the everything that we're going to eat that are going to make us want to do a fad diet by the time this gets out. Correct. Which is why we're going to tackle these, giggle about these, talk about the ridiculousness of these and what we really should be doing. So, Megan, you put in your Instagram stories last week, I think it was, uh, just asking your audience what sort of fad diets they had done. And you got some pretty amazing responses. I think I got like over 500 responses, which that's a lot of <laughs> people taking time to respond to us. That's with, ridiculous uh, amount. It, oh my gosh. It was crazy. I took a video of all the responses because I never wanted to lose them. I wasn't sure when Instagram was going to delete them because they're hilarious. So thank you guys if you uh, threw in one of your previous fad diets. So we've got a really phenomenal list here of things that people have done in the past. And I have a feeling lots of you have probably also heard of them, done them, or been part of a household that was doing them so don't make me wait any longer give me some examples well before before we dive into all of them megan just give us the definition of like what a fad diet is so a fad diet would be a very short-lived trend in eating so kind of like a fashion trend that comes and goes and then we laugh about it later because like why the hell did i ever wear that same thing why the hell did i ever think i was supposed to eat like that so also they promise very fast results so they're usually ridiculously restrictive so people see results fast so it's not necessarily like this long-term thing but 
as Thomas was saying, come January, we're all like, oh my gosh, what just happened the past few weeks with my eating? Like, I want to do something to feel better fast. So that's why these fat diets are so popular, you know, come January. I'm going to throw out a word I like, pseudoscience. Is it is it a lot of pseudoscience? Like, we're going to make the science sound right for this. Like, yeah, if you don't eat anything and you just drink lemon water and cayenne peppers for a week, you will lose weight. Pseudoscience is the exact way. Okay, so one of the first ones here is the 1,200 calorie diet, which, why is this number everywhere? Like, when you see a diet number, I feel like that's it. It's 1,200 calories a day. That's the number to hit. It is. You're right. Like, if you hear somebody that is on, like, a low-calorie diet, it's always, like, 1,200 calories, and I have no idea specifically where that came from. Wouldn't it have to be, like, if you divide it by three, that's 400 calories a meal? And so you're basically, that's, like, about as impossible to hit without hurting yourself like what is 400 calories give me give me something that's 400 calories that would be sustainable like if you ate this at every meal you'd be okay it would probably be what like a cup of rice five ounces of chicken and some broccoli like not much but to put it in perspective most toddlers are eating more than 1200 calories I mean my five and seven year old are demolishing way more than 1200 calories a day and they're kids they're a third a fourth a fifth of most of our sizes so it's just this arbitrary number that is just ridiculous when we think about it for fueling our body i mean most grown humans are burning more calories than that laying in bed all day like just our metabolic rate that like keeps us alive is that or higher for most people let alone existing and exercising and all those types of things so it's um kind of bonkers but somebody said that they followed this magic number no matter what they ate or ran so that just made me cringe because I'm like you could burn this in a long run and that's all they're eating for the whole day they must have felt like garbage and like what does that do to you because I mean we know it's not sustainable but so short term what what happens muscle breakdown Yeah. Yeah. So we lose a ton of muscle pretty quickly. So if we aren't getting enough energy to do the things that we want to do, our body's going to start breaking down tissue to give us the energy that we need to survive, which people are like, exactly, break down my fat. But that's it doesn't work that way. We're going to break down like anything we can get our hands on. So when we go on too low of a calorie diet, we end up breaking down a ton of muscle along with some fat. So we end up really tanking our body composition. And then that's why a lot of times we regain that weight because we've lost a bunch of muscle mass, our metabolism goes down the toilet. So they've done some studies from like the biggest loser where they looked at, you know, they had obviously that really crazy fast weight loss. So they would calculate what their metabolism should be. And then what it really was after this crash diet that they had all been on. And it was like half of what it was supposed to be. It was like 600 calories a day, 700 calories a day instead of like 1200. So, I mean, it's like a hot mess. So we just like very low calorie diets are not sustainable and they're actually do damage and harm over the long term. Does that, your your metabolism, I mean, that doesn't stay like that, right? If you go back to normal eating, does it just follow you? They do these like refeeding studies where they give people more food to try to pick their metabolism back up. And most people's do come back okay. up. But some of these like biggest losers, because they were so extreme for so long, it was not budging. And that's why all, they all like regained it. Yeah, I know, right? You, like, torture yourself, and for what? Yeah. Yeah, obviously a terrible, terrible idea for just about everyone. Uh, okay, these are my favorite, so... They're not fun to be around either, because you got to be cranky all the time. Yeah. I would be. I'd be so cranky. 
So the cleanses, I love this because there, I, how many years ago was it? Some juice cleanse company reached out to Thomas and I, and I tried to do it. I think I lasted a day, maybe, maybe a day. And oh my I, God, that was the worst. And I hated it so much. And they had these different juices and the one at the end of the day was like, like celery uh, and cayenne and cayenne. And it was like really hot. And it was like the last one of the day. And I was like, I, I can't do it. I give up. Was your stomach on fire when you laid down to go to bed? Like acid <laughs> reflux central? <laughs> yeah, it was, oh, they didn't taste good. I didn't feel good. But I'm, I love that the cleanse is listed here. <laughs> right. Thomas, did you do it? Yeah. Meg's done a, a few. I, I, ta- I tag along with Meg on whatever she's doing. Um, basically, if she's not cooking, there's no food in the house. So I, here's a juice bag. I got a cleanse, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, you've tried a couple of the things. I think the, the fasting and the juice thing was probably the most... Like, I was, just, I was just so hungry. It was like, give me something. Well, and they really right. do, all these fad diets, they do a really good job of convincing you that you're going to feel great, look great, and it's going to happen really fast. Right. And that's what we want. Yeah. Right. And, and especially this juice company, which I don't remember what they are, but they, they said it in a way that was like, this is great for your body, like in the long term. Like yeah. Cleaning this out will, toxicity. Yeah, and- detox your body and you need to do this. Um, but tell us like what's really happening. So cleanse and detox usually go hand in hand and you're, you're, you totally nailed it there because they do a phenomenal job of convincing you that your body needs detoxed, like after the holidays or after some period of time when you're eating a certain way or drinking too much alcohol, like you have to clean out your body and detox, but we are healthy humans. We don't need help detoxing our body. That's what our liver is for. That's what our kidneys are for. Like our bodies are really smart when we do dumb stuff like it's gonna figure it out itself we don't need to only drink juice in the meantime to detox our body just eat well more whole grains more fruits and vegetables enough protein like just eat get back to eating solid nutrition and you're gonna feel so much better and it's gonna be more sustainable in the long term because that's what everybody was writing in about it I only drank juice for three days and felt so weak I'm like that sounds awful and then somebody else was like I only made it three hours <laughs> Well, you, you talk about the detoxing thing, and I know I contacted you. So on the front of one of our YouTube videos, on one of our shoe reviews, there was a poop pill. And it was like, this will get all the extra. You will lose 10 pounds just in stuff that's stuck in your pipes with this pill. You just take this pill, and you drink lots of water, and it will scrape all the stuff out of your intestines, and you will lose 10 pounds. And you'll get a flatter stomach because all that stuff is making your stomach stick out. And so I'm like, there's no way. Let me call Feathers. He really did. He called me about this. I have to say I was very disappointed that you said <laughs> this is not true and that I can't lose 5 to 10 pounds just from... A pill. I think I told you you would shit your brains out and feel miserable for a couple of days. And it would really probably only be 2 pounds. And I might have been making my kids dinner when I said that. And my, my ah. kids were like, why are you talking about poop? Why are you talking about Thomas and his poop? <laughs> I was like, oh, God. <laughs> So yeah, Thomas fell for that one, but luckily we have you on speed dial now. I didn't buy it. Well, you would have. You might have. Totally would have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so cleanses are cleanse. So cleanses are not lingerers. Not necessary (laughs) ever. Like our bodies are are doing the work. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, cleanse and detox make me like shiver and cringe when I hear them. I like this next one because I've never actually heard of it, and it sounds disgusting. 
a cabbage soup diet? So this one was really popular for a while. Maybe you're just a couple years too young, Meg. Okay. But um, th- this was incredibly popular. And I probably got like 10 or 12 people saying that they followed the cabbage soup diet. And the thing that literally broke my heart the most was there was multiple people that said they followed it in either middle school or high school with their mothers. <laughs> Like, oh no. And we're wondering why we all have such screwed up views of nutrition when we were fed cabbage soup as a 12 year old to lose weight, right? And I hear these stories all the time and I'm laughing about it, but like, this sucks. Like, if we're influencing children right now, please do not have them do dumb nutrition stuff like was happening in the early 90s, right? So that's what the cabbage soup diet honestly reminds me of. And you literally eat like less than a thousand calories a day of cabbage soup like there's a recipe and you're supposed to only eat that for seven days like that sounds so miserable awful yeah that breaks my heart a little bit about the mother-daughter scenario but I don't and I don't even necessarily blame the moms I think like that was what they were being yeah that was the information they were getting like this was good for everyone Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And we know better than that now, and we know how screwed up that makes us as yeah. adults. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was there was quite a few of you that were like, "Yep, mm-hmm, did that with my mom." Okay, what is the HCG diet? So you didn't hear about that one either. No. Oh, this one still blows my mind because it was really popular. It was pretty short lived, but you went on a 500 calorie diet per day, and you took these drops that you got offline that were supposedly HCG, which is the human chorionic gonadotropin hormone. It's the hormone that you test for when you're pregnant. So HCG is what climbs when you're pregnant. So someone decided they were going to sell drops that were HCG to take while you weren't eating very much to get people to lose weight. So people were getting online and buying these HCG drops. But here's the thing. HCG has to be given in a prescription from a fertility doctor. So what were they actually selling online? It probably wasn't HCG, first of all. And then secondly, like anyone who's been pregnant, HCG is the hormone that surges that makes you feel wretched. Like it makes you feel nauseous and bloated and tired. Like that, those initial pregnancy symptoms are from that surge in HCG. So I'm really not sure who came up with this and why it actually did catch on. Because when you really think about the science behind it, it's ludicrous. <laughs> so they were touting it like HCG would just make you lose weight because yeah. you wouldn't be hungry or... Well, that's what, like, as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, did, were you, were people feeling like nauseous? So they didn't want to eat? I don't know. Um, question for you here. The other thing was that, that pill that had the, uh, what well, it got, it ended up getting banned, but it was oh. like, uh, it was the Carcinia, pill. Cambogia or Ephedra. Ephedra. Yeah. yeah. They were selling those pills. I remember that when I was in college and, uh, it was in everything. It was in sports drinks. It was in. It was everywhere, and I think somebody died of it or something. But yeah, it was like stopping um, people's hearts. Yeah, like, oh, and you do lose weight when that happens. Um, <laughs> the, um, the, but yeah, what about that? Like that seems similar to the HCJ or whatever you're just talking. I, actually, ephedra was way more effective than HCG ever could have been. So there were some really good. There was decent research. So basically, it was a stimulant. So it was increasing your energy burn because you were like hyperactive, and it was decreasing your appetite. And they were mixing it with all the other stuff, like guarine yeah. and all the stuff yeah. that's in this those Caffeine. monster drinks and yeah. stuff. So you were taking like basically a highball. It, I guess the closest thing that you could compare yeah. it to is if you went on a cocaine diet, and you know you just are 
up the whole time. <laughs> right? And it's now illegal. It was legal, and then they took it off the market. And then they put it back on the market, and now it's off the market again. I had to write, like, a research paper on, like, the history of ephedra in college. So, yeah, it's kind of, like, bounced around as whether it's legal or not. But it was people were having, like, cardiac issues from it, which is why they took it off. That's also a good question, though, because, like, there's things that have been legal and not legal. And you'd think about, like, caffeine or guarana or whatever that other stuff is. And what what takes something like ephedra or ephedrine or whatever it was, what makes that cross the line where you can be like, okay, you can take caffeine and caffeine pills, but you can't do it. What What's the line for the FDA? It, it has to have something to do with the actual substance because they're different substances. So they've obviously been able to pin different adverse events. Like that's what they track, like adverse events from certain medications or herbals or all that kind of stuff. So they must have had enough evidence against ephedra specifically um, to be able to All the to baseball ban players, yeah. Baseball players, <laughs> weightlifters and stuff. Like people over. that I've talked to that have taken it was like, it was amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. Kind of like what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, it, it was like, it was in all the, like if you were weightlifting at the time and you wanted to get jacked, that was, they were like, take this pill. Like and pumped you up. Yeah, because one, you were going to go nuts when you got to the weight rack. And two, you're, it's speeding up your metabolism. So if you wanted to get shredded, and I think it was even in something called shredded. Probably. Or something like that. Yeah. It probably was. Yeah. Okay. Intermittent fasting. That's one that Thomas and I tried for a hot second because they were touting that specifically to endurance athletes. Like, yeah. this is how you will be able to last longer in a marathon kind of thing. Yeah. And there was yeah. people like the guy from, um, what was that show? Where uh, they cooked meth all the time. What? Oh, um, I know what you're talking about. The chemistry teacher one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I can't believe we don't. Breaking Bad? No. Breaking yeah, Breaking Bad. bad. Yeah. Breaking okay. Bad. So yeah. that actor came on like one of the, sh like, the interview shows or whatever, and they're like, you look great. What have you been doing? He's like, I intermittent fast. I don't eat, uh, you know, on like three days a week. I don't eat. And I was like. He seems like a trusted guy. Like, you know, he's the guy who cooks meth. He, he, we, you got to trust him. We also <laughs> know someone currently who does this, who's in our realm, who's very well known and a very fast runner. And he eats one meal a day. I was just going to ask you if it was a male or a female, because sometimes males can withstand intermittent fasting longer without negative side effects. But I well, what's weird, it sounds like this is just his lifestyle. Yeah. Like when we were on the run, he was telling us, he's like, uh, yeah, I don't run in the morning. I run at lunchtime. I get up. I don't have anything. And like, I was like, not even coffee. He's like, I, he said no to coffee, didn't he? I think he has coffee. He doesn't eat okay. anything. And then waits till his lunchtime run. And so he's, you know, fasted run until at least lunchtime, then runs. And then maybe after his run at lunch, he'll eat something. And then it sounds like he had maybe a small dinner or something like that. And that's it. It's pretty fascinating to me to hear about people's experiences with intermittent fasting. And people do tout it as a lifestyle. In my opinion, it's a restrictive diet. And I do think it's a fad. Yeah. Does it border on... It, to me, it seems like a lot of these, when you come to fasted running or really controlling your calorie intake, it's almost an excuse to be having an eating disorder. It's like oh, this helps me justify the fact that I have a, an eating disorder. 
I think that's a concern. I don't think everyone who intermittent fasts does it for that reason, but I do think that's a concern. Just like marathon training, triathlon training can be a cover for over-exercising, compulsive over, you know what I mean? Like, yes, I do. I think limiting yourself and saying, I can't eat, like those food rules, or I'm not going to listen to my hunger because it's not noon and I'm not allowed to eat yet. All of that, in my eyes, is very disordered. You know, I think if someone is really subscribing to this lifestyle, their body's going to adjust and maybe they truly get to a point where they're not hungry until a certain time, but they've trained their body to do that because they haven't given it food. You know, like I'm not saying that just because they don't feel hungry, it's not right, but... um, I mean, it is tough because you look at someone like this and you go, okay, he's running good times. He looks like you think a runner should look. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, hmm, maybe I'm eating too much. <laughs> you know, so and it is. That's a common, like, it's it's easy to look at someone else and if they appear to be something that we want to be, whether it's fast, whether it's a visual, it's really hard not to let your mind go to, well, should I be doing what they're doing? You know, I think all of us are looking for that edge all the time. So it's why a lot of us do fall for things like this and try things like this. Um, so, you know, no no shade there whatsoever. But I do think intermittent fasting has taken on like a thousand different shapes and forms. So some people skip one meal a day. Some people don't eat two days throughout the week, but not back to back days. Um, there's some people who fast for an entire day once a week. There was someone who wrote in that said they did a 20 hour fast. So they only ate for four hours every day. I mean, it's getting crazy. <laughs> like mm. to Thomas's point, what are we actually doing here? Limiting our food to, you know, such small amounts of time throughout the day. Well, what is tough is like, like you said, you want to emulate someone's success. So mm-hmm. you see somebody who's successful and you're like, that's the way I either need to look or how I need to eat. And you find out, and I, I don't know that we always attribute like we talk about influencers and stuff like that. But if, if somebody wins, say the New York city marathon and uh, Sharon Lachetti is not the example I'm giving, but she, she just won. But if she had come out after she, she won and said, look, I have one uh, bowl of rice with some beans on it. And that's my entire diet. You would have thousands and thousands of people going, okay, all you really need is a bowl of rice and some beans and that's it one one of those a day and you you can perform up to you know great standards have the physique of a runner and the muscle and the energy you need to finish a marathon right so i think we just have to be careful and find what works for us because what works for one person might not also make us successful you know uh, on the flip side do you think that's true with the advice that we give here on on the regular about calorie intake and carbs and and hydration and stuff, or are we kind of like hitting a mean? I would say we're hitting a mean, but I'm sure there's some people who listen to what we say and is like, heck no, I don't do that, or that doesn't work for me, or they're crazy. You know, there's so many varying opinions about nutrition and so many different approaches that people can take. And it's just, honestly, I'm very open-minded and I love to hear like how people experience different things, but the bottom line is it needs to support your performance goals or support your life goals and it needs to work for you long term so if you're getting injured if you're not hitting performance goals like those are things that you got to be like okay maybe this nutrition doesn't work for me but if it works then that's interesting let's talk about it 
This episode of Fuel for the Soul is sponsored by Inside Tracker. We all use Inside Tracker to check our general health through training and to make sure we're set up for success come race day. Thomas, give everyone a little more information about Inside Tracker. All right. Inside Tracker is a personalized nutrition platform that uses blood work to create a science-backed plan to help you reach your potential for better performance and a longer, healthier life. You can learn more about the product by going to InsideTracker.com. And for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our listeners 20% off their entire store. Just go to InsideTracker.com slash fuel. All right, the next one here is keto, which Thomas knows oh so well. It's the one that he did without me because I was like, I cannot fathom that. It sounds disgusting. And it, it honestly, it was. It was pretty disgusting. How long were you on it? Uh... Two months? Two months. Wow. That's a long time. Did you stay yeah. on it or did you quote unquote cheat on weekends? No, I stayed on it because I, I I, was like, if you cheat, then you get yourself out of ketosis. Right. <laughs> Here's right. the thing. Right. Like for me, this is what really angers me about all of them. My body composition is slightly above where I'd want it to be if I could have an ideal situation. So I've tried everything. I did the 30-day cleanse with Meg. Whole 30. I, whole 30. I did the, um, this keto thing. I've done, um, done uh, several different things and nothing changed. I look the same. <laughs> like if I took a picture, like beginning of the month, end of the month, I look the same. My body's just like, fuck it. Well, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> this is, this is what Set it's going to be. at its finest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh-uh. Um, and the keto thing, I felt like I gave up so much. Like it, not just like just in a diet thing, but socially. And when I was out and it was restrictive, like we went to a, we had a business meeting in Denver and, and I was out there in Denver and I was like eating a special lunch because I couldn't, uh, it was one of those where they asked if anyone like had any allergies or restrictions and Thomas had to chime in and be like, I'm on a keto diet. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you're that person. You're that person. That's like, I need these special things for my order. So good. A lot of meats, a lot of mayonnaise, a lot of... Uh, and, like, that can't be good for you. No. I mean, Megan, you tell us. But I, no. what he was eating did not seem healthy. Well, that was the other thing. I didn't feel good. That's what it goes back to for me. Like, how do you feel when you're eating these certain ways, right? And from, by feel, I mean physically, how do you feel? But then also socially, how do you feel? Like, that's awkward. Do you really want to be that person for your, the rest of your life? You know, so... Or maybe some people don't care. I don't know. I would care. But... With keto, the thing that just blows my mind that this ever took off as popular is because it's like 70 to 80% fat. Like mm-hmm. you're saying, Thomas, that's really hard to eat that much fat, like to truly stay in ketosis. So if anybody is living under a rock and is like, what's ketosis? What's keto? Basically, we're trying to switch so our body is using fat for fuel instead of carbs. So we have to use up all the carbs and then not eat too many carbs. And if we eat too much protein, we break that down differently and get out of ketosis. So like, we have to be really careful that it's really high fat, really not that high in protein, and then really low carb. So most people eat too much protein and they're not really on the keto diet. I was eating pork rinds. I was eating... (laughs) Yeah, like... Like the gross stuff in the in the gas station stop is what he was advised to eat. And I was like, this this is wrong. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean it's ba- wild. I have to say I did enjoy the pork rinds. <laughs> oh god. He's like, oh, you would. I could see yeah. that. They were yeah. crispy, crunchy, they were delicious. Yeah. Um yeah. but yeah, so a lot of that stuff. But like I didn't I didn't feel good. Like physically didn't feel good. Emotionally, I was like, this sucks. Um, the greatest thing though, 
it, was it Whole30 or was it this one? I got a coconut water and it tasted um, like magic. It was so sweet. And like, I was like, oh God. It's a sad life when coconut water tastes like magic. Yeah, that did. stuff is gross. <laughs> but I hadn't had any sugars or anything. So, I, right. you know, you, you taste it and it tasted like a rainbow. <laughs> That's amazing. Because yeah. I've also heard that coconut water tastes like prison. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know about all this. But uh, um, th- so th- before the keto diet was popular, I was an intern at Rainbow Babies and Children up in Cleveland. And they used to put kids that had epilepsy that wasn't responding to medication on keto diets. So literally, it was not a fad diet at all. And I'm sitting there as like a 21-year-old learning about this. And at that time, we had to calculate these kids. We had to make up these kids' diets and tell their parents how to make the food that would keep them in ketosis. And I remember we used to have to like calculate how much fat. And I remember sitting there feeling so bad for these kids. Like not only do these kids have this like terrible disease, but they can't even eat. This is what we have to give them. And I remember having this whole conversation with the dietitian about it flash forward five years and everyone's doing it for fun and I was like this is like it's just still mind-boggling to me that people are choosing to eat this way but you know to each their own I mean there's still people currently in the endurance world that say that Mm -hmm. this is the way to go but there's Mm -hmm. all there is I mean that's it again this industry is crazy with you know we have people who are touting everything from veganism to you know they get to to a keto where you're just eating fats and meats the uh it really is what it kind of shows you is that if you're a good runner and you have a good uh capacity you probably can eat a wide variety of things and still be successful well and to me it goes back to like diligence too or commitment like if someone's committing to eating this restrictively, they're probably also very committed to all the other elements that keep them in, to be a good runner, you know? So I don't know. True. Except for me over here. <laughs> okay. Um, let's run through a few more of these. So low fat diet. I mean, that's, that was eighties, nineties. I think I don't it was know. early nineties. I remember when my parents did it, they bought a bread machine and we'd eat a loaf of homemade bread every night, but we couldn't put butter on it. <laughs> oh, I don't Maybe remember I, I don't remember those extremes, but I just feel like all the packaging was like low fat this. Well, mm-hmm. Meg, you still use like when we get the yogurts, I like the two percent and yeah, you I get, get the, the zero. Yeah. And I'm I like, why? You get I the do. zero? I do, and I put like nut butter in it or like peanuts on top. I'd rather put like a healthier fat in. I don't know. That's just my preference. Meal replacements with the beach body shakes. I remember those. My yeah. grandma had them. I don't know why. But I remember cool. her having your mom, your grandma was trying to get beach body. Yeah. yeah. When or she slim was like fast. That was a big one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It might have been those. Yeah. Oh, I remember slim fast. Yeah. 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 Did they still sell that, though. They do. They do. So wait a second, though. But that, that does bring up those shakes and stuff. They've evolved. It's just the modern version of it. Yeah, but they do. They still make different ones. And it's ridiculous because it's it's not a full meal. It's not enough calories. It didn't used to be enough protein. Now we're getting smarter, so they're jacking up the protein a little bit. But you don't feel full from liquid calories. It doesn't register the same. So you're just hungry all the time, and you're drinking these things. Again, crappy, unsatisfied, not eating enough. It ends up just being a very huge calorie deficit, so you lose weight. Um, and then don't you think you most really people attribute the hungry feeling with losing weight? Success. I think, unfortunately, some people do. I'm starving. I must be losing weight. <laughs> I mean, if I, if I go, if I'm going to like, say I had to get on a scale, I want to get on when I'm feeling starving rather than 
you know, I just had a nice meal. Right. Don't weigh after a nice meal. It won't be accurate. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what's the OMAD, OMAD diet? Oh, so this was an interesting one. Multiple people had told me about this, and I, this was new to me. So it stands for one meal a day. Mm. So it's like intermittent fasting. It is, yeah. But, like, why do we need to name this OMAD? And, or an OMAD. I don't even know how you say it. But OMAD. If you, so if you look it up, like the website, it says you can still enjoy water and calorie-free <laughs> beverages while on OMAD. And I'm like, enjoy? You're starving. <laughs> just think of how much you look forward to uh, that one meal, though. Uh, That's worth I it just for that excitement. So much, yeah. That's like me with, when Megan says you can have one night of drinking. I'm like, okay, then it's going to be a good one. <laughs> one bottle of tequila down. <laughs> <laughs> Only human nature. Um, the special K diet, I feel like that's more recent. Everyone was eating like cereal for meals. There were some, some heavy hitters in our space that reached out with this one, which made me giggle. Um, yeah, so you ate uh, one serving of special K and some low-fat milk twice a day, and that was the special K diet. I mean, if you think about it, it was genius on Kellogg's part. Yeah. There's people buying lots of special K, but there's no reason this should work besides similar to meal replacement that you're just not eating much. You know, you're just creating... Calorie deficit. But that's the whole thing with Special K. It has all the vitamins. It does. You're right. But it didn't used to have protein. I was just looking it up, and it looks like they changed their original version that it actually has like 13 grams of protein in it now. But I know for a fact when this diet was a thing that it, di- it didn't. So it would have been like super protein deficient too. Okay. And then the last one here, which we have already talked about because Thomas and I have mentioned it several times that we did it and we hated it, is Whole30, which I still feel like that one is very popular in January. And comes out of nowhere every single year. Yes, I totally agree. And again, looking at their website, they say that it's designed to change lives and your relationship with food. Then it goes on to say no sugar, no alcohol, no grains, (laughs) no legumes, no dairy, no recreating treats, and no weighing yourself. So I can get behind the no weighing yourself. But I'm like, please tell me how that changes your relationship with food. Like, really? Not eating all those things is going to change your relationship with food? Yeah, it's going to make you want it all so much more. Um, so I was laughing when I looked at that one, too. I mean, I think when when we were doing it, they were also saying that this was to find out if you were allergic or had reactions mm-hmm. to any mm-hmm. types of food. Yeah, if you eliminated. Because, yeah, it was like that elimination diet. That's um, right. Which I'm, we don't have any of those, so nothing changed. It was horrible, it was restrictive, and nothing positive came it from it. Change. I just remember I was like, like literally like angrily counting down the days. Well, and we, we tried to run, we, like we were, we were training for like a marathon or a race. And so we were trying to keep up with training through it. And Ugh. like you remove a lot of carbs on Whole30. And I mean, yeah, I just felt like trash. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, big fail. <laughs> Epic fail. Um, okay, before we move on to the new program that you are going to be launching, Megan, did you do any of these insane diets? I'm trying to, I mean, obviously I did the, the low fat thing by default because my family was doing it. So we had a lot of snack well cookies in the okay. house. And I do, like, I remember in high school really thinking that fat was bad. Like I remember our um, treadmill had a calorie burn and then it had a fat calories burned on it. So like that further, it was obviously an old treadmill, further like solidified in my mind that like we shouldn't be eating these fat calories. So like watching that tick down, you know what I mean? Like I, I can distinctly remember like very much thinking that fat was a very bad thing. Um, and then I'm trying to think, oh, in college we had to draw something out of a hat 
and follow that diet. So some people got like a renal diet that kidney patients have to follow. And then we had to like write a report on it. And I got freaking Adkins because that was like popular back then because I'm old. And I couldn't do it. Like I lied and said I stayed on it for three days. But I literally like within like the end of the second day, I felt like trash. I had terrible headaches. I had no energy. And I was like, I don't care if like... I start to feel better if I stay on this longer. I'm not doing it because I just and Adkins is similar so to bad. keto. Yeah, right. Yeah, or like okay. low carb, like the whole yeah. low carb, yeah. high protein, same thing. You know, um, but no, I mean, I don't. Other than that, I don't think I really followed any of these. I mean, I did dumb stuff with my nutrition, like not eating enough, but it wasn't like a prescribed fad diet per se. Okay, let's let's talk about this new exciting program that Megan you're offering because I know you get this question all the time and we are very diligent on this podcast of explaining the importance of nutrition for performance, but we know that people also have body composition goals and that's okay too. We just want to make sure we're clarifying when to focus on them. Right. And I think, you know, you guys all have jumped on the bandwagon of fuel for the soul and the carb load calculator and fueling for performance on race day, eating before, during, and after. You know, we've really built this platform here on fueling adequately for performance because we like to use fuel and nutrition as supportive to our athletic goals because that's what really makes us feel great at the end of the day. So that's what we talk about most around here is performance. We also know that some of our most popular podcasts with you guys are the ones where we're talking about weight and body composition and weight loss. So we've really explained to you all the importance of separating out those performance nutrition goals from the body composition goals and that if we do have body composition goals, we need to decide what's more important and most of you are choosing performance nutrition so we've really you know I have group nutrition classes that are based on performance nutrition most of my one-on-one clients are doing more performance nutrition based stuff but so many of you reached out over the last month and were like hey Megan thank you for x y and z I had all these great performance nutrition you know gains I'm in the off season. You told me to wait till the off season to change my body composition. What you got for me? And I was like, oh, yeah, we don't have anything. <laughs> you know, like I've never put anything out there about body composition. And, you know, to, to Meg's point is there's nothing wrong with wanting to change our body composition as long as we're doing it in a healthy way. You know, we really do fo- focus on that performance nutrition a lot. So I thought about it for a week and I was like, all right, I got to get something together for people in the new year. So we're doing the right thing instead of some of these fad diets. So when this when this airs, it'll be launched and it is a on-demand program. So it's a four-week program and you will be sent a lecture, as stuffy as that sounds. It's a PowerPoint that... I've created all the content and me talking over it um, so that you guys will be guided through four weeks of how to make some changes, what to do with your nutrition, what habits are important, what should your optimal body composition be, how do we even figure that out and measure it, you know, all the questions that I do get from you guys really bundled up into this four-week program. You'll be sent a new, um, you know, week, if you will, with all of the resources that you need for it. each week. So it, you know, you can't listen to it all in one day. I want you to actually work on things week by week, but you can sign up for it anytime, whatever you sign up, it starts. So it sends you that first week. And then a week later, you'll get week two, a week later, you'll get three, four. Um, and then you, like I said, you'll have all the resources and guides to kind of help you through that. So if that is something that is of interest to you, um, you know, that that'll be available for you guys to jump onto um, now. That's amazing. And like, 
you kind of talked about what you'll cover, but can you, in a little more detail, tell us maybe like week by week what what will what topics you'll talk about? Yep. So the first week we're going to talk about like finding that optimal body composition and performance and and kind of looking through some of those things and how do we set realistic goals? What does that look like? And then where do we start? So really thinking about when we are eating and really tracking the when, because you guys have heard me say multiple times on here that I'd rather have once have someone have a really well-timed diet versus someone who is eating everything perfectly. Timing is just so instrumental, not only for performance, but for body composition changes. So we'll really focus on that on week one, plus like really evaluating like what are we trying to accomplish here and why. And then week two, we really hop into nutrition. So most of them are like 30 to 40 minutes long, but week two is a little bit longer because you guys know I can babble about nutrition for forever. So we'll talk about all the macronutrients, protein, carbs, fat, how they play a role in performance, and then how they play a role in weight loss or body composition changes. So how do we tweak those things coming off of performance and going into more of this body composition weight loss phase? And how do we do that in a safe way? So really talking about what's going to make this sustainable, the nutrition choices that we have to make, really concrete examples of how we need to change our nutrition in this off season. And then of course, examples of meals and snacks and like how to really apply this into your life. So first week is really the when, second week is the what, and then week three moves into habits that really help us change in the long term because we know these fad diets are not sustainable so if we're making some of these changes hopefully it's sustainable over the long term until we meet our goal because it probably will take more than four weeks for some people to you know reach their goals um so we'll talk about you know the 10 best habits that will help you reach your body composition goals um and then the final week we're going to talk just more about weight in general and why it is wacky sometimes why it's up why it's down factors that affect it so that you can be more understanding of those changes so that we're not getting bent out of shape about numbers we're seeing. We're more understanding about why our body is doing certain things and then moving forward. So what do we do moving forward depending on our goals? And then also like, what does this look like? When do we start scaling back into performance nutrition versus the off season type stuff? So really kind of setting you guys up to use this in that off season and then have actually some knowledge to scale into what you need to do from a performance nutrition piece. That sounds awesome. And so this is slightly different from your group classes in the sense that it's on demand so you can sort of take in the content and information when you want on your time and apply it when you want. Exactly. And you'll have access to hearing me babble each week for as long as you need to. If you need to hear it again, you'll have all the PowerPoints that you can download. I know a lot of people like to take notes as they're listening to thing or see the examples, you know, on their phone or print it out. Um, and then also there's a big guide that we have that we can even add to as we go along um, to give you guys some help on accountability and tracking and ideas. So there's a lot of, you know, resources for you too. Awesome. And if someone wants this, they just go to featherstonenutrition.com? Yep. And it'll be under work with Megan. Yep. I like the idea of it, but is there a pill or something, <laughs> maybe a shake that I could take and get the same results? Yeah. Let's get you some ephedra with a side of HCG and wrap it all up and see what happens. Thank you. And I'll do that O-M-I-A-D. O-M-A-D. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, that wraps up our fun discussion on all the fad diets that hopefully none of you are trying to do right now. And <laughs> or if you, if you are, are, let us know. Uh, yeah, if you are, let us know. But uh, probably if you 
are trying to focus on those body composition goals, maybe go the safer route of Megan's um, on-demand program here that she just talked about. Because we've done a lot of the fad diets. We tested them for you. They suck. (laughs) I love it. Uh, okay, that is it for this week. Thank you all for tuning in as always. And if you have a question that we haven't answered, you can go to anchor.fm, uh, search Fuel for the Soul, just hit that message button. You can leave us an audio file. We love those. Uh, or you can email us at fuelforthesoulpodcast at gmail.com. Word. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Peas and carrots. It's out. How you gonna eat if you wanna perform? How you gonna eat? How you gonna eat? How you gonna do it? What'd you say on top? What'd you say on top? Peanuts. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know you too well now. I knew exactly yeah. what words you wanted me to say. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do. Your voice just squeaks like you're in puberty, but they do still. I am and it's it's third <laughs> puberty now. <laughs> All them losers. They're we're, they're yeah, you we're know I'm going to cut that we're, out anyway. We'll cut this whole part out. Thank you. It's, a, it's an Irish diet. Omadis. <laughs> you drink Guinness for your one meal and nothing yeah. else. You live for three days. Guinness and a potato. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, sorry, the, the truth is, though, that uh, Guinness was originally uh, a result of them having such poor drinking water that it was better for you to drink a Guinness than it would have been to drink the the water. That explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the more you know. Culturally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.